Hi, this is Colleen Klinkenbeard, and you're listening to Bite. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another wonderful episode of the Coven Podcast, Bite's very own nerdiness and feminism podcast, hosted by yours truly, the Witch of the Wavelengths, Daily Wilhelm. Joining me today is the always lovely, the Haribo Slayer, Courtney Tuckman, who's definitely not sick. Definitely not sick. You can't hear it at all. I can't hear it, honestly. You're okay, fine. Good. You're fine, girl. You're fine. Uh, and the wonderfully eloquent, Riley Gray. And today we're here to talk about something that Bite's really all about. I mean, we do comic books, we do TV shows, we do anime, we do all those fun things. But at the end of the day, we're going to be playing video games at some point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're here to talk about girls in gaming, which I should preface as like, we're, we're going to be kind of tiptoeing around some subjects because, you know, some things get some backlash. And we'll go into detail about that. That's a very gentle way of putting it. (laughs) Backlash is a gentle way of putting it. Mm -hmm. But we have a lot of positive things to talk about, too. I think that uh, the world of gaming has gotten really great for girls as of late in in general, excluding the said backlash. Excluding said backlash. I would would say it's getting better. I would say we've definitely been seeing progress. Progress. Definitely been seeing progress. It gets better. That's the things that we like to hear. Mm -hmm. Progress, not perfection. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Put that on a bumper sticker. Put that on my car. (laughs) Yeah. But I think, uh, as with all things, we should start in the beginning. Mm -hmm. There was uh, computer space, and that was over at... uh, Was that... In the beginning. In the beginning. Uh, that was at some Ivy League college. I can't recall it entirely right now. But fast forward from that, where video games were actually a thing that people actually did. And Nintendo was like, hey, um, yeah, we need to figure out a different marketing mm-hmm. strategy because we're being beaten out by all of these bigger consoles. So, mm-hmm. Courtney, what, what did they do? Um, well, what happened was um, it was the... Uh, the video game crash of 1985, which um, happened after E.T., the oh my gosh. Uh, E.T. the widely known uh, worst game ever made, it ever caused ever. Atari to crash and then caused oh, the Atari. market to crash, and um, so from its ashes rose Nintendo, who had uh, you know dealt with video games before, like arcade games, Donkey Kong, classic. Um, and they were like, well, we're gonna, you know, release a console, but people, uh, people didn't really, uh, like consoles too much because they were like, what's the point? You know, video video games games are kind of dumb now. They're not cool anymore. Yeah. So, um, Nintendo said, well, you know what? We're going to market, uh, our next, our, our first console as a, uh, toy instead of a video game console so uh thus came the nintendo entertainment system entertainment system, not the video game so um as is still pretty much the norm for today uh toy sections are divided into boy aisle and girl aisle pink and blue so Mm -hmm. nintendo nintendo had to think do we want it to be in the boy aisle or the girl aisle and 
interestingly enough, the person who made the decision to market the Nintendo Entertainment System to boys age 8 to 14 was a woman who was working at Nintendo. Um, hmm. And um, ever since then... <laughs> Everything else has kind of followed that trend. Nintendo as has been video games are for boys. The dynasty, the dynasty, video games ever since. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's kind of funny now because we think of uh, Nintendo games a little bit as more uh, welcome to girls versus a lot mm-hmm. of other consoles games. As of recently, as of recently, especially. Yeah. Um, so out of. Uh, video games being exclusively a boy thing in their uh, heyday when we were like little bitty chillins. Uh, <laughs> there emerged pink games. So they were like, hey, uh, girls play video games too sometimes. We should, we should, you know, market on that. And I had so many of those. Yeah, Barbie got way up in there. I actually really liked those games. Like, a lot. I, if I had the chance, I would go back and play some did of them. Did you just have the CD-ROM games, or did you have like an actual? I console? had. Definitely I had uh, a lot. Yeah, I had a lot of CD-ROM games. I had a lot of like CD-ROM games that like tied in with the Barbie movies. Yeah. So I had like Barbie and the Princess and the Popper CD, and I had Barbie and the Magic of Pegasus CD. <laughs> uh, I had Barbie fashion model, just <laughs> or fashion designer, something yeah, like that. Fashion something. But I, Barbie. I had, yeah, it connects. I had a bunch of games on my Game Boy Advance too. <laughs> that were the best one was actually Barbie Secret Agent. That was actually really good. That like, actually sounds pretty riveting. It right was on. pretty cool. Like Barbie was a secret agent. She had all these power ups and like mm-hmm. she got to sneak around. Like different parts of the world, that was actually really great. Triple A gaming, <laughs> no, like legitimately, I probably would play that. I remember growing up, I was such a heavy Pokemon girl. Like it, I sold my soul to it very early on, and that was yep. pretty much all I played until I got a GameCube for Christmas in the fifth grade. It was the greatest day of my life. <laughs> we'll, a talk about, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but I remember my sister, my younger sister, was not a huge video game person. Uh, still isn't to this day. In fact, she. Like jokingly friendly makes fun of me for talking about them all yeah. the time, but it's all in good fun. But we all have that person played, in our life. She was really into like, she liked the CD-ROMs up. She had all the like Barbie sports games, like Barbie as like an equestrian jumper or Barbie as a snowboarder. Oh, oh I had a horse one. No, my yeah. sister had a horse one. Yeah. Oh, so, my sister so had one, by so it was extension, mine. you had the horse <laughs> one. Right, that's what we were really into. I was all about the Pokemon and she oh, liked the, the Barbie one? sports games. I honestly forgot yeah. about the horse one. <laughs> I'm having like a nostalgic trip right now. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Such a good game. <laughs> I love it. But so er- early on, definitely Barbie got in on that and uh, a lot of uh, games that were like girl things. So like cooking and fashion and mm. that kind of thing. I remember those being big when the DS first came out. Right. It was like, I don't remember the exact name, but it was the symbol had like a star and then like it was whatever the brand was. And it was all those different things like you're a fashion designer, you're a professional chef, you're a model, you're an actress, you are... A babysitter, you, you know, or I think they got into a vet later on, but like yeah. I just remember those all like dream role type. Yeah, of like games dream jobs, really, something or other. Yeah, I'm, really I, I think I remember what you're talking about. I cannot remember mm-hmm. the name of it for the life of me, though. I, it was overshadowed by Nintendogs. Oh, so, oh Nintendogs. Rest in peace, Nintendogs. Rest I've in left peace. You Say I if you had Nintendogs. I. I. <laughs> it wasn't even mine. I like borrowed someone's oh, DS. Oh, it I had, was like, mine. Six of those games, which oh, is stupid. Yeah. I still like, remember the names the of my dogs. Oh, Ivy, Champ and Gloria, Rosie, Daisy, and Tulip. All of mine oh, were named after flowers. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. 
too much too much dog nostalgia <laughs> in this room. But Courtney, historian Courtney, uh, mm-hmm. could you tell us huh. why most DS games early on were marketed towards women? Um, it was all a part of Nintendo's Blue Ocean strategy that uh, ex- a, uh, extended to the Wii as well. But it started with the DS, where um, they basically uh, made their own market, um, especially with the Wii. Because um, if you look at like what developers and like the head of uh, Microsoft and Sony were saying, like, you know, we've seen the Wii and we don't really consider it like competition like <laughs> pushes up glasses tips fedora <laughs> um, like well, we see <laughs> we see it more <laughs> we see it more as like a toy they're like something that kids will play and once they get old enough they'll switch to our consoles right and then for some reason the wii was the most successful console seller wise that generation right because like it was cheap i mean they were able to make it so cheap because there was no hd graphics there was Mm. no uh dvd DVD. drive right and then Uh, like you know two or three years later xbox comes out with the connect which is supposed to be like this fancy new thing and i just remember looking at that Growing up, and I was like, "You're knocking off. You're, yeah. trying, you're trying to be Nintendo, and you're not." Like, yeah, yeah Microsoft was being a tryhard at that point. <laughs> and then its thing, though, that it had was that it was marketing to women. Mm-hmm. Like, right. if you looked at the main ca- commercial, like part of the whole would like campaign, if you like really analyze the commercial, this is all I know. All this because of our pro- wonderful professor Brookie, by the way. <laughs> like, um, shout out. Professor Brookie, <laughs> <laughs> but um, he he showed us this commercial where um, like the, you in some scenes you see like the typical dudes playing video games, but then like there's this one where like the the men in the suit come up and then like we would like to play and um, there's like this mom because she's kind of in the back and she's like what's going on and then in the very next scene it's her that's playing the video game not the kids and she's like mm-hmm. kicking ass at wee bowling <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and that's not the only instance they show. Like, they show, like, a grandma getting into it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that was a whole other thing, too. Like, they targeted elders with right. that, like, with We Fit and everything. Just like an and entire like other population. That was a whole market that Sony and Microsoft can't compete in. Like, you would mm-hmm. see Nintendo booths mm-hmm. at, like, health conferences and right. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that buzzword, that blue ocean strategy. They were trying to create an m- uncontested market because Xbox and uh, the PlayStation were already targeting, mm-hmm. you know, boys between the ages of 14 and up as, like, mm-hmm. gamers and yeah. thus as, like, who yeah. would continue to buy games. But mm-hmm. then the problem with uh, Nintendo's strategy with the Wii was that there wasn't really games to follow the original like generation that people bought it for yeah that didn't like continue to make people want to play the games and they weren't the kind of people that were wanting to like oh i got this console so that i can play many many games it's like i got mm-hmm. this console so i could play wii sports with right? the family and i mean yeah. even like that i think really cuz mario kart has been around forever but i think oh, yeah. especially with the wii like that skyrocketed mario yeah. kart that was a huge deal, and it almost felt as if you, if you weren't playing anything that wasn't a Nintendo brand game on the Wii, it was glitchy. Oh, yeah. It was not as good quality. There was all Granted, this shovelware for right. the Wii that Granted, they just let I through. I played Naruto Clash of Ninja every hey, single day on the Wii. Oh, yeah. But then they like brought in like all the dance games and things like that, and then I think it started to pick back up, especially now that like the Wii U was out and things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, I we got rid of our Wii a couple years ago. I had like a DDR game for it and everything, oh, but DDR. like I just couldn't continue to justify it because I knew I wasn't going to get any new games for it, right? whereas I will continue to get games for we my Xbox. We used it to play Super Smash Bros. Bra- Brawl? Yeah, that's one. pretty much what Those I Those and Mario Kart, like that was all we really played yep. in my place, yeah. So Nintendo these days uh, could be argued that uh, the games that people play, like, I guess we'll call Pokemon under Nintendo, because that's where it originally started before the Pokemon company became its own deal. Yeah. So Pokemon and Smash and, like, Mario games, especially Mario games for Mm -hmm. Wii, could these be called, like, casual? A lot of people would probably say that. I feel like... Because remember, like, when we first came out, like, you had the Miis that you could make, but you couldn't yeah. really do anything with them. There was, and like, really a couple games, but that was like, it. really wasn't until, like, a couple generations later, and definitely with the Wii U, that they introduced, like, online gaming for the Wii. And I feel like the stereotypical definition of a gamer involves that online gaming, involves interacting with people all over the world. And versus, like, something versus that casual, just is like, one-on-one. You just do. You're like, playing <laughs> a mobile game. You're playing, mm-hmm. um, like, one of those indie games right. on Steam that you just play or through. you have four controllers for your Nintendo 64, and you and your friends play Pokemon Stadium like that. Yeah. That was what was casual gaming, and that was kind of the definition for gra- gaming until really the Xbox kind of showed up with this idea of Xbox Live and this online gaming community. Like, as gaming as something that you pursue, like, like almost like fervently. a career. Like, like, yeah, <laughs> which people make careers out of it. Right, like, right. Uh, just a plug, go check out the Metagame podcast where they talk <laughs> all about games being careers. Right on, podcast. Right on. Go check it out. But uh, <laughs> definitely not gaming as a career here. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have the term filthy casual which is kind of thrown around like flippantly like rooster teeth recently um came out with a shirt that says filthy casual in like this cool font and like i'm really tempted to get it because i I might be a filthy casual if Mm -hmm. we're going by very strict definitions i play pokemon i play minecraft i play skyrim um, I play mm-hmm. a lot of Steam games that are Same. very narrative-based, like Gone Home or Undertale. I watch games on YouTube versus playing them because I just can't put in the time. Mm-hmm. But does that make me not a gamer? Could I call myself a gamer? I think you absolutely can. Who Who's to say what... Who's to say what a gamer is? Like, yeah. there isn't like some like, like ultimate. I mean, you guess. I guess you could say the president. Yeah, there's not, a, there's not a test authority. you have to take, right? Like, I feel like that word is often tossed in with the phrase "fake geek girl." Which yeah, I, we almost called this podcast mm, the "fake geek girl" which podcast. I also hate because I don't have to prove anything to you. I don't like. <laughs> I can like something and I can play it, and that should be enough. Right? You know, it's like. like I th- um like how like that is only applied to gaming too like right. if you're like what if you like knitting it's like oh yeah like how many scarves have you knitted <laughs> right like you know it's like <laughs> I've never gotten at like I just right it's only applies it's to been, gaming it's this mentality that like I remember growing up like guys who were for lack of a better term like who were nerdy who were into video games yeah. and things like that would always complain that girls weren't interested in them but then us girls come in and we're like we like video games and comic books too and then they have to test us right. to make sure if we are actually allowed in this circle and I'm just like seriously you just you're asking us for your attention we're giving it to you because we're interested in the same things and then we're not good enough for you like it's this vicious double standard that is completely ridiculous right i feel like as 
with like my guy friends like if they mm-hmm. say like i'm a gamer i don't question that i'm not like no. oh have you played all of the call of duty games have you played modern warfare have you played this yeah versus where if uh i were to say i'm a gamer which i am like terrified to do because uh, i'm afraid yeah. like people are gonna be like where's your receipts how many <laughs> games have you played right? how many hours do you have on steam mm-hmm. like that kind of thing which like mm. I am not going to give you, like, a satisfactory answer, probably. No. I like, mean, it's the same thing when guy when a girl says she's into sports. A guy wants to sit there and be like, okay, well, then who won the 1934 World Series? And you can't say this, people, because they're not a real team. Like, they give you, like, all these qualifiers, and I just want to hit them and just be like, that's who won. I did. My fist in your face. That's who <laughs> I won. I won. I won. <laughs> like, no. Violence is the answer, Riley. Like, why, why do you have to be an expert with all of the knowledge possible to qualify Right. Yeah. as part of this community? That like, was, I hate that. That was one of the things that uh, we were a little worried about joining Byte, weren't we, Courtney? We were like, mm-hmm. are, we, are we geek enough for this? Yeah, like, just a little. For real. The first, I, a little bit of a nerdy tangent. I have a really good... I had a really good friend who was super into D&D and like that was something that I had always thought sounded really awesome because I love like RPG games like themselves and so then like you put that in real life where I get to act because that's kind of my thing. I was like, yeah. oh, sweet, that'd be awesome. And then I tried to play and there were so many rules and it was super overwhelming and like it, it, no one was willing to kind of explain to me what was going on or, or, or like explain the rules and just kind of like you just have to go along with it. You just have to know this. And I like that was the worst thing ever <laughs> it was like I'm not right. geeky That's enough like, for this. I'm not nerdy enough. Tabletop games are super demanding. They are Absolutely. intimidating. Didn't, didn't and you they shouldn't be intimidating. They zap your energy. I mm-hmm. just had my first one recently and I went back to my dorm and I slept. I was like, oh, I'm so exhausted. I walked <laughs> so much in my tabletop game. Like, in my tabletop <laughs> game while I was sitting. Right? But uh, mm. I do. I just feel like like the nerdy um, air quotes because mm-hmm. this is a podcast and people can't see air quotes. Um, <laughs> community is some like one of the rare communities that demands the qualifiers. That demands yeah. like where's your receipts? You have to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. But again, that's definitely a double standard. It's it's only mm-hmm. women that are asked. Hey. Are, are you really a gamer or are you just trying to get yeah. attention? Yeah, I I feel like it even starts to leak into like other categories. Not as much, but a little bit, like especially music. Music yeah. is always a thing for me. Like I am super into pop punk and like alternative music and like that's kind of my thing. But the second I bring that up, either you're A, judged for not liking like real music or whatever, right. says the Wh- guy who's only listened like, to the same what real music is. They've it's only like, listened to the okay. same Van Halen album like okay. ten times. Okay. Or then you ask like, okay, well, what bands are you into? And then like you say them, you're like, oh, those guys all sold out. Like they're all crap. You don't know yeah. what you're talking about. You have shitty taste in music. I'm like, no, like, right. What I like is what I like, and I like you shouldn't be faced with judgment like that. And again, I feel like only women are getting that kind of scrutiny. Right. It's like how Tumblr is kind of regarded versus how Reddit is regarded. Or like, 4chan. Or 4chan. Oh, okay, 4chan's a whole different thing. Um, you want to like, call me Tumblr trash? That's fine. But Reddit is also garbage. Like we're all gross. Can we just embrace we're, that we're all everyone gross? Everyone who's on the internet. Can we is just gross. embrace that we are all all trash like let's just own it like why do we have to be fighting with each other all the time yeah i just don't like that tumblr i feel like is defined by um <clears throat> it's kind of bad communities within which breaks my heart which yeah versus i've met some really awesome people on there and versus like, like reddit which is 
Mm-hmm. We we ignore the bad parts of Reddit. We they're there, but we oh, don't talk about them. Blaringly there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but, I think that again that has to do with the community you're looking at. Right. I don't have statistics, but I'm pretty sure there are more women on Tumblr than there are women on 4chan oh, yeah. or Reddit. There, I don't know if there's any women on 4chan. <laughs> well, please don't go, girls. Please <laughs> don't, be don't. please be safe. Take care of yourselves. <laughs> Take care of it's yourselves. It's the modern MySpace. Oh gosh! Oy no, vey. if only I just had war flashbacks from that. War flashbacks of MySpace. <laughs> oh god! Oh, all those widgets of like pets that I forgot to feed, like <laughs> just like my Nintendo dogs. Oh gosh! Back to the Nintendo <laughs> or my Neopets. Oh, oh man! Wow! I spent a lot of time. Neopets was brutal. Like you Neopets feed was them, harsh. and it was like I lived in poverty the whole like <laughs> six months that I played Neopets right? because it was so hard to get money on there. Right? I don't. I remember my siblings and I used to make our parents spend all that stupid money on Webkins. Do you, I had seventeen. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> I feel no. We had so freaking many. <laughs> I love it. It was embarrassing. No one should have let us do that. Our, our filthy casual games. Like this is like <laughs> what? Like I don't understand why this. Is any different than two dudes talking about the money they spent online buying an OC costume for a yeah. character? Like, that's why very is, true. Like, why is New this conversation versus... any different? Yeah, you know, it's it's because video games are for boys? Question mark exclamation point. Like that's exactly how. Dollar it sign asterisk. Dollar so, sign. Asterisk. I will smoke all of you. In Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door. I've played that oh game a hundred times. That's, I know it like the back of my I hand. It. I love that game so much. That's that's one of my favorite games. Oh, me too. But so <laughs> get now now we're gonna get to the the tiptoey bit. We're gonna get to the Oy meaty tiptoey bit Uh-oh. of our podcast. Here we're we go. we're gonna talk about Gamergate. Dun dun dun. So I'll go dig my grave. Yep. Uh, so brief history lesson. Um, Gamergate. It was 2013. 2013. 2013. Yes. Um, a game came out, who, which was developed by a woman named Zoe Quinn. It was called Depression Quest, and it mm-hmm. was very. It felt like an art piece. It was very text based, like a point and click kind of thing. And it was. If you've never played it, I I don't know if I can highly recommend it, but I suggest you maybe even look it up. Um, it was actually a beautifully made game, and it. Um, kind of highlighted this idea that like depression is a game and not really like in right. reality like yeah. it's actually this kind of awful thing to go through and it would and, and the problem came about was gamers typical male white straight players came out accusing this of this isn't gaming this isn't real gaming and that's kind of where from what I understand, that's where Gaming Get kind of started, was right. this giant war between what is gaming and what is not, what we've been talking about right. from the beginning of this podcast. What is gaming and, and, and what, what is, is not. not. Yeah. Because there's just so much stuff out there. Mm-hmm. But so basically some people were like, why is this getting so many positive reviews when obviously it's just, you know, like a point and click, whatever. Yeah. So then some receipts were dragged out and an angry boyfriend was involved in mm-hmm. that basically... Ex-boyfriend. Uh, ex-boyfriend. An angry right, ex-boyfriend. Right. Yeah. Highlighting the ex. Um, <laughs> but basically saying that Zoe Quinn's game is getting all these positive reviews because she's sleeping with all these guys in the um, game industry, uh, game journalism industry, yeah. and this wasn't and that's just why she's like, getting reviews. Like, this wasn't just like one angry guy making one blog post. Like this was like multiple long, disturbingly detailed, like awful, awful posts about this poor woman. Like right. he just 
was not going to leave her with anything. Right. It was awful. This this terrible ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And uh, then this rallied into a big collaborative effort on, like, forums like 4chan or mm-hmm. 8chan or just mm, those places. Just um, chaos. And so... Zoe Quinn got a lot of death threats, a lot of rape threats. She had to yeah. leave her home. Mm-hmm. She got doxxed. She got yeah. doxxed. One of the one of the deals was that one of the men that she was accused of sleeping with was this guy who was a writer for Kotaku. Um, I can't remember his name. I didn't write it down. My bad. Um, but this man literally gets up there, gets up and makes like a public announcement, like, "No, this didn't happen." She's saying, "No, this didn't happen." Right. Some higher ups in Kotaku are saying, "No, none of this happened." And yet everyone just ran with it anyway. And yep. they were running with it on the guise of the platform of that this is like an ethical breach in dur- journalism. And it didn't happen. Right. <laughs> you know, they just, they ran with it. And like you said, I mean, these were threats that were so specific right. and so doable and so real. That Especially they, once her address came out. When her, like, this poor girl took off, leaves her home, has to tell the police, and the guys who are accused are all still writing for their same companies, are all still doing the same thing, and have not received threats of any kind. And these particular threats, I mean, these, these are borderline criminally punishable. Yeah. Like, they... It was terrifying. And the unfortunate thing is she's getting all these threats from people who are anonymous, people who are able to hide behind a computer screen, a phone screen with fake yeah. names fake emails, whatever, and attack her. Because didn't you say that there was some kind of study that when you're able to be anonymous, you're more likely to say, like, terrible, Yeah, there's terrible a study things. in psychology that the, it's like, it's called, like, the guise of anon- anonymity. And it basically, yeah, it basically just means, like, I am anonymous, therefore I'm able to be more truthful, mean, whatever. You're protected. That anonymity, that having a fake name, whatever, provides you with a shield of why you can, like, yell and say awful, terrible things, which is yeah. why the YouTube comments on any video, right. regardless of what it is. We always like talking about those YouTube comments. They're always awful because of this exact same guise of anonymity, that you are protected from getting in trouble for the things that you say because you're anonymous. And, it, I mean, they just ran with it. Right. Ran with it. Was, it was awful. And then, so after she, they attack... <laughs> Poor Zoe. Yeah. They go after everybody. They go after uh, Anita Sarkeesian, who does Feminist Frequency. Which um, we've mentioned before on this yeah, podcast, you, what has happened to her. Right. If you, that poor woman. She also had to leave her home um, and call the cops and everything. But, I mean, if you look at her videos, like, all of her comments are disabled because she was receiving right. these death threats. The worst thing about it is if you just Google Feminist Frequency, you'll get her actual channel, and then you'll get thousands upon thousands of men saying like my response to feminist frequency or why feminist frequency ruins gaming and all these things like just blatantly attacking her so the whole hashtag gamergate which it is basically under under Mm. under wikipedia it's hashtag gamergate it's not gamergate Mm. Um, i just realized that this is a play on watergate yeah. Wow. I yeah. just yeah. got that. I'm so sorry. Awesome. <laughs> I, I literally it. was like, what? That's what that is. <laughs> the, the realization is real in here. I love oh, it. But I'm I here. See, sorry. Here's where it could have been plausible because gaming is a very new form of media. Like, mm-hmm. what we're talking about, there's no, like, with books and with news, that is very regulated. That mm-hmm. is very. We have rules, we have, you know, decades of prior examples on how we deal with, like, controversy and uh, rumors and that kind of thing. While in gaming, still a very new thing. We we don't mm-hmm. have a whole lot of regulation on this is how we report on gaming, this mm-hmm. is how we treat gaming. 
Um, so I can, like, some people were saying, like, this is why, this is what Gamergate is actually trying to do, is that we're trying to find um, some regulation and some kind of, uh, like, trying to make it a uniform thing and point out where, like, stuff like, well, she's been yeah. sleeping around with someone, so yeah. we need to point that out. But, but. And I think that's where it started. It started. I think that the initial start of the whole thing was not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I think it is very important to question the ethics of journalism. I really do. I think it's very important to look where people are getting sources and look at the background of things. I believe that as American citizens, it's our job to do oh, yeah. to educate Some, yourselves. Someone's got to do it. Exactly, to educate yourselves and things like that. But it went, it, it has become less about ethics and more about drowning out critics right. of the gaming culture. It is this, it, it is the best example I have of this constant battle between tradition and inclusion. Right. Between we are trying to change things and make them more inclusive and we do not want things to change at all. We want them to stay the way they are. It's right. Literally, it's, it's the age-old story of liberal change versus traditional conver- conservatism. Like right. this is This is bigger than video games. Like it has transcended that into the very conversation of what our American culture is, of what inclusion means and what that's supposed to look like. Right. So mm-hmm. Gamergate is basically fighting against where they find that people are like coming in and trying to change what games are, what they're defined as. Like we're talking about like casual gaming. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want like mobile games mm-hmm. to be counted as like real games because they're not real games right and the wild thing is that if you scroll through the hashtag gamergate twitter you'll you'll want to cry and scream yeah you'll want to cry fight (laughs) um but if you scroll through it they want to attack feminists they want to say we are the reason that this happened sjw's and stuff like that but if you really look like from the history of where this started Feminists didn't have anything to do with it, right. like except to come defend a woman who was being literally attacked, harassed, and threatened online. Like, right. That's really where the feminists like got involved. That's where we got involved. We weren't involved before that, right? So they want to blame this entire like, thing on us. As... And I'm like, this has nothing to do with us. We're not even we're not even to the point where we're talking about female characters in video games yet. Right. Like we're not we're not on that part of the podcast we're either. E- <laughs> we're not that part of the podcast. We're not even that part of the discussion yet. Like we're we're not even there. We're just saying that like, hey, and they don't need... attack people online, right? Yep. And Wink. they need do it. a scapegoat. They right. need someone to attack. And since this these poor women. Because it's not just, you know, Anita and Zoe. Like, they're, I am talking, like, on a daily basis. Right. These threats are coming in. If anyone, it, it, it is. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, so games being so new mm-hmm. and games being something that people really identify with. Like, mm-hmm. if you, it's like, whereas you can be like, oh, I really love this movie. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different meaning when you're just like, oh, I really love this game. Because you put time into a game. Mm-hmm. You experience a game. Like, I'm not saying that you can't do that with a movie. But I feel like there's just mm-hmm. a different connection. Because you, you can do it again, too. There are movies with characters that I really relate to and that I love and whatever. But I have never discovered a character I connected more with than Undyne from Undertale. Yeah. Like, never have yeah. I connected more with a character <laughs> than I connect with Undyne. And I never would have had that experience without playing the game. And I did. Right. And that's why I could rant about Undertale, too. Because that whole idea oh, of, yeah. like, the main character not having a gender. And therefore, you could actually really oh, put yeah. yourself in there. Oh, it's yeah. genius. But anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, that was a way to form, not necessarily form my identity, but to better 
understand who I am as a person and to right. you know realize that. And the unfortunate thing about Gamergate is if things keep going the way they are and you keep preventing change from happening and you keep preventing women from making games and making characters, then you are eliminating 50% of the population from connecting to something. Right. And that, to me, I, I don't know the exact words I'm trying to say, but to me, on like a moral ethical level, like that is what seems wrong to me. Right. Is I, you are denying access solely I, because you don't want your games to change. I agree entirely. I feel like mm-hmm. um, I read a really interesting Kotaku article yeah, um, look at that. <laughs> about Gamergate and how kind of what people involved in Gamergate, which we're not, like we said in our pre-meeting, we're not saying that anyone who has ever hashtagged anything Gamergate is inherently homophobic, sexist, terrible person. Mis- misogynistic, a demon, whatever. Yeah. No, we're, we're not, not saying, saying that, that at all. all. <laughs> Unison. Hey, yeah. But um, <laughs> I feel like people involved with Gamergate are fighting against the death of an identity, like gamer being an identity, because mm-hmm. gamer has been so long defined as typically straight white dude mm-hmm. who's into nerdy things but who that has a lot become, of mountain dew and eats who, doritos yeah. like mm-hmm. i mean that's and yells like at 14 year olds over <laughs> a headset like do I you mean, really want to be that like right. can we just can we just address that for a second yeah. like is that really what you want your stereotype to that's, be that's definitely the less savory part of it but right? like <laughs> gamer itself is a dated mm-hmm. demographic in the face that now pretty much a huge part of the population likes video games. It's not rare to be like, oh, you like video games, you mm. nerd. It's like anyone can like video games. I mean, right. if you have a smartphone, you, you probably like video games. are playing exactly. a game. Like Plants vs. Zombies. You, Everyone oh, here has played zombies. Angry Birds at some point. And if point. you tell me you haven't, you are lying. Because you played <laughs> Candy Crush. Yeah, there you go. And Pokemon uh, Shuffle. Right? <laughs> Along with what you said, like, I feel like the the initial good where this was coming from, this initial idea of questioning journalism, of, you know, uh, educating yourself and exploring why things are made, why things do well, and that sort of thing. I think that was the best, the good part. And if those people are still out there, then I'm really, really sorry, but you have been eaten by By a giant troll mob. Yep. Beyond trolls, because they're essentially committing crimes at this point. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever good that this initially had is has been completely destroyed by these awful awful doxers and things like that and i i can understand what uh like they were originally trying to do like i would be Mm -hmm. like you know trying to fight against like if if nerd as a whole became like well you know everyone's nerdy and it's like "Mm, i feel like this is you know has Mm. this word has become like part of my identity Mm. like you describe yourself as like Oh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm. It's harder to s- describe like I'm into this and this and this and this versus be like, oh, I'm kind of nerdy. Like I would fight against mm-hmm. that. Versus, and I can see where people are like, well, I want to define myself as you know, I'm a gamer. Mm-hmm. But again, it's yeah. just been drowned. I mean, it just in terrible, terrible. It goes back to at least for me this argument between pro labels and anti labels. Yeah, are labels a good thing? Are labels a bad thing? Whatever. At the end of the day, they are words we use to describe ourselves and. Cognitively, we as humans have what are called schemas in our brains. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> ooh big fancy we're, word. We're learning right? stuff today. <laughs> Psych major here. I got all of you guys. <laughs> so a schema is, the best way I've learned to think about it is like a file cabinet in your brain. Okay. And let's say that file cabinet, on top of it, it just says dog. And at first, it's one giant thing, and it just has one dog that you've seen your entire life. Well, as you get older, 
that word dog comes to mean other things. You you get a whole bunch of different drawers for all the different kinds of dogs you've seen, all the different pugs, colors and things pugs. like that. There's a pug drawer. Right? I remember you even this from learn, high now. Right? You even learn that dog is like slang. Yeah. Probably. Like he's a dog. You even then, you know, use other words like the B word and things like that. And so as you get older, your schema, all those, that giant file cabinet gets more drawers and more okay. things are fit and things like that. Right? So we as human beings, we use labels as a way to organize our schemas, as a way to organize our filing cabinets, right? Yeah. We do that naturally. That's not something we know how. Uh, now, or... society <laughs> determines what those labels are. Yeah. Is the interesting thing, right? So, like, when I hear the word gamer, I'm going to be stereotypical for an example. <laughs> when I hear gamer, I think of the nerdy, straight white male who drinks Mountain Dew and eats Doritos and yells at 14-year-olds over the internet. Like, that <laughs> is a stereotype I have. Yeah. But as you learn and as you grow and you meet women who are gamers and you meet people who are more into Steam versus Xbox who um, are really, really good at Pokemon, like are those, like, crazy EV trainers. And oh, like, my gosh, yeah. Things like that. Then you all get, the shinies. Right? <laughs> but then you get all these different categories that build into that schema, right? Right. So I am pro-label because it helps us to organize, right? Yeah. My problem is when society comes in to try to tell you what that label means instead of you determining it Yeah, yourself. when they're like, this is a gamer versus like, right? who knows what a gamer is anymore? Exactly. Who, who's to say? Yeah, who's I to say? say? We're I not. <laughs> I even get that from my extended family, like mm. the cousins that I only see once a year. When I tell them that I'm a part of a group like Bite because I'm a nerd, they're like, but you're not like a nerd, Right? And I'm like, no, I am. And they're like, but you can't be. You don't wear glasses that are broken and right. tied with, like, electrical One tape. And I you got... don't snort every two minutes. Right? <laughs> One time I got told uh, I got told I was too pretty to be a nerd. And I was like, <laughs> that's precious. Yeah. I haven't left my room in three days for playing Pokemon. <laughs> like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't know me. You don't know my right? life. Oh, God. When the new Fire Emblem came out, I was I, no one saw me for, like, a week. <laughs> <laughs> that's something. That's when I'm the Sims 3 came out yeah. for me. So... Uh, everyone should check out one of our articles on here on bitebsu.com about mm-hmm. what recently happened to um, a woman who works at Nintendo who got some Gamergate backlash because she was perceived mm-hmm. to have been the one to remove some of the uh, content from the new Fire Emblem game in mm-hmm. the process of westernizing it and mm-hmm. making it consumable for Western audiences. Yeah, yeah remember yeah. remember when I said daily attacks? Daily. This is what we're talking about. This is I'm not... daily. And this is happening <laughs> daily. <laughs> this is not something that like happened in 2013 and we forgot about it like it is three years later and it is still going on it's continuing it is still going on and you know what else is still going on tell me educate me lack of girls in video games as playable characters so so much of the lack so big of a so much the lack can i say that nintendo has done a really good job of that oh Oh my gosh go nintendo i mean if you look at the statistics for splatoon more people choose to play as the girl uh like like Sorry, the girl squid is so much cuter than the boy squid. <laughs> yeah. Those those like I tentacle mean, pigtails are the best. Right? You wanna you can hate on Princess Peach all you want, and I will agree. In the beginning, she was very much a damsel in distress character with no personality whatsoever. Yeah, that's what she was meant to be. Right, but in two thousand three, she got her own game, Super Princess Peach for the GVA, and it was just like uh, all the Super Mario games. It was a platform game she bought she fought monsters she fought bosses and i think she was trying to save mario if i do recall oh but the tables I mean, have that turned was, 
that was 2003, man. Like, that was huge. And I feel like Nintendo, more than any other company, has been great from the beginning, just including women more often. And, you know, uh, Peach was involved in the very first Smash Bros. And again... Well, the second one. She was the second one. That's mm-hmm. right. Not the first one. Um, Samus was involved in the first one. Hey. Samus. Samus herself. Yes. Samus, though. Just right? Samus as a character. But now if you play... What's the most recent Super Smash Bros? It's not Brawl. Uh, we the Wii U one, there are tons of female oh, yeah. characters. Oh, yeah. All of them are unique. All of them are completely different. All of them are pretty well, Lucina's kind of a Marth clone, but yeah. that's okay. Well, but, if, you, if you play but, the Fire Emblem games, you understand why that's a thing. <laughs> but Yeah, no. Yeah. I think uh, especially Nintendo has been doing oh, a good job. Great. I think uh, the industry as a whole has been doing a good job. But better, uh, better, better job, better job. Because, then there are games like Dead uh, or Alive in GTA that still exist. Yeah, so. and then Assassin's Creed Unity had a great chance to be mm-hmm. better, but they passed that up because it would take too much work to reanimate a woman playable character, which they had originally planned, but scrapped that idea for whatever reason. Why would you do that? Especially because, uh, wasn't it... Wasn't it something about boob physics? Yeah, there was something Always about, like, physics, women man. are inherently a different design than men, apparently. I mean, from a biological level, yes. Yes. Like, we have wider hips. We are more likely to develop breast tissue. I say that because there are men in this world who develop large breast tissue. Like, yeah, we are naturally tend to be um we have like more fat in our bodies we have we're t- we tend to be not necessarily smaller but shorter yeah and with less wide shoulders right now that's not to say that there aren't women in this world who are six seven with broad shoulders oh, yeah. tiny hips no fat in their body like because I, I know you exist and i see you and you're awesome but like from a biological standpoint, acknowledged yeah but w- why are you telling me this assassin's creed when pokemon <laughs> did it in whatever, when the second game came out, they made a female character. Yeah, like I get that's like a different whatever three D or whatever, but they can do it. Right, and, and they did it then. Because like, Assassin's you can Creed, do it now. like they have a lot of freedom to be like, oh, their outfit hides them a lot because they're yeah. assassins wh- who are you know like sneaking mm-hmm. through things. Um, but uh, it should be said that Assassin's Creed, as a series as a whole, is one of the most ethnically diverse. Because we, if you're going to be ethnic, yeah. then I. Not my can, favorite series. Not so. my favorite series. At <laughs> I can all. let it slide a little bit that you're slightly sexist. Yeah. Because like I mean, if I have to look at like, if I'm it, only getting one. Like, yeah. Like, at least I'm getting. At least I'm getting one. Why not both? <laughs> why not both? Come on, Assassin's but Creed. You can do it. You can do it. I I, I think it was just the, that comment though. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that it would be too hard to do Which that. Which to me communicates more of it would be too hard to sexualize her to right. make her the way that we are expected to make her right literally if you want to do it you take the basic design i've played assassin's creed like once what's the main character's name it depends on what game you're playing oh, i just yeah. remember the first one what was his name in the white ezio ezio right so you take his basic man design literally all you have to do is like make the face a little bit more slender and like a little shorter and that's it. Yeah, like, and I'm not saying there that, you go, female character. Like, like maybe, may, I'm not saying mm. like uh, that. You know, it's not hard to animate games. It's super hard. Oh like, yeah. Props to anyone who has ever attempted oh, that yeah. ever. But, but they put out a game like every year. Exactly. So, like yeah, whole game versus mm-hmm. tweaking one of their games. Exactly. You you can do one of those. Ubisoft, <laughs> come on, Ubisoft. Come on. Uh, Stop being so soft. So, uh, oh. Hey. Sad, sad coven claps for that one. Good job, Courtney. Thank I love you. it. But uh, another thing 
about Assassin's Creed. Um, in Assassin's Creed 2, there's a quest, mm-hmm. Damsels in Distress, which uh, brings me to our next uh, topic here, uh, violence against women in video games. Uh, so literally, you're in a brothel at one point, and uh, someone screams, this guy runs by, and it's like, oh, he just slit you know, one of the girls' throats. Hurry, go after him. And you're supposed to go after him, but uh, he grabs another girl in, like, the middle of the town square. And if you get too close, he'll slit her throat and then run and do it again. And it can be, like, a process Mm -hmm. that goes on for, like, 15 girls Mm -hmm. if you don't get him properly. Well, they're props to, you know, progress the storyline. Right. Hmm. Right. That's what they are. I just was like, where are you getting all these girls? <laughs> For real. Like, why hasn't someone else tried to stop there has you to yet? There be one woman who is able to defend herself. But I think that there's a whole lot of examples of, like, so scripted scenes much. that are meant to, like, pr- like especially in games like uh, Call of Duty games or Red Dead Redemption or Far mm. Cry, where it's supposed to be like, this is a gritty world that you just entered. Look at all the rape that's happening. Like, uh, why? Why? I just, uh, I try to, like, think about it logically, and I'm like, listen, if we're trying to survive, then the last thing you should be doing is horrible things to other people. Like, you're trying to survive, dude. Like, I don't know. It just logically doesn't make sense to me. It's just that it happens in, like, scripted events, which are events that you sometimes you can do something about sometimes you can't mm-hmm. and typically it's it's literally just used to be like look how gritty this world is yeah this is some serious stuff you just got in and i feel like yes that is a way to portray that the media industry as a whole has often used mm-hmm. uh we violence against that. women <laughs> yeah to yeah, yeah. like set the scene and set the tone mm-hmm. but it's not cool because mm-hmm. li- like there's there's no agency you can't there's no like these this women, isn't going to be solved at right, any point it just happens in your periphery right. and you're using these women again as props yeah to create your giant world yeah they are scenery to create the mood and, and here on the left doing. you'll see a domestic abuse situation mm. and on the right there's a beautiful fountain right like what are you what are you doing or like even games that like they're like, no, we have, like, one girl character. Like, I think of, like, <laughs> like the 3D Sonic games, and it's, like, Amy. Her Amy. personality is girl. Girl. Like, Literally, that's girl. what Amy's personality is. I am girl. And as they get more Brill. and more female characters in the Sonic world, which is... The games are a mess. I won't even go yeah. into that. I mean, I mean, we're talking about Sonic games But as here, they so. get more and more female characters, they literally are, I'm the male character, and here's my female counterpart. Like, that's yeah. literally all they all are. Knuckles has Rouge the Bat. Mm-hmm. Tails had... Who did he... Oh, Cream the Rabbit. Like, yeah. And there was Amy Rose. And, like, like T. Call the Echidna shows up in one, and she's a mess, too. But, like, that, <laughs> that's all you get. Like, these are literally just male characters. Slash that one weird princess in Sonic 06. Who, like, okay. was about to, like, commit suicide for Sonic? Like, they had, like, some weird bestiality relationship i don't know that sonic game 06 a, is just a weird weird all game. of the sonic games are weird and they're yeah. a mess they're they're i can't they're just I can't. So bad. sonic games what my you favorite doing, was sonic shadow games? the hedgehog which was sonic's Ugh. attempt at being gritty <laughs> it oh was just a mess 
Isn't there like a werewolf? Yeah, yeah. Sonic. They just keep trying to reboot Sonic it. with cuss words, sort yeah. of. <laughs> sort of. Right. Sort of. Just go back to the platform Sonic games. Everyone liked those. You didn't have to have a plot. Just blow up the robots. Like, blow, why yeah. do you need anything else? <laughs> That's a good question. Really, they Sonic. They just really you, felt that they needed just, more just stop, stuff in Sonic. Please. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But, anyway. Anyway. Um. I mean, the Sonic. Son- Sonic gets props because it doesn't use violence towards women as a plot device. <laughs> They're just clones of their male counterparts, but, which like, is a whole other problem. Yeah, which is a whole other problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, often, if you can help in those situations where you're, your character is witnessing <coughs> some kind of violence being per- uh, perpetrated against a woman, mm-hmm. uh, you can help, but you don't have to. Like, yeah. you're going to proceed in your story unheeded if you don't. Right. What well, what bothers me about those is that you have a choice to help or not help, and in the long run, it does not affect anything. Yeah. You know, like it's, that. That to me is frustrating. Like it would be, I would I would be, f- like super excited if there was a part in a game where it's like you rescued this girl from getting raped, and now she uh, later on is going to be a very key part of the story. And hey, if you, that right. sounds like Life is Strange. Hey. What? Look at that segue. Good job. Good job. We <laughs> might have to do an instant replay of that. <laughs> instant replay. Do it again. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That sounds like Life is Strange. What? <laughs> what? Oh, please segment. tell us. Please uh, do educate us. Yeah. What is Life is Strange? <laughs> what is Life is Strange, Courtney? Oh, my gosh. It was my favorite game last year. Uh, it's about a regular uh, high school teenage girl, uh, Max Caulfield, who goes to a academy for the arts. And one day she's uh, taking a picture of a butterfly in the bathroom when this uh, guy comes in and shoots up another girl who may or may not know Max, and then she uh, just suddenly finds out that she can magically rewind time. And uh, it's never really uh, explained how she really got that power, but it doesn't matter because now she they can rewind time. don't explain how Elsa got her ice powers either. We're fine. Yeah. We accepted <laughs> yeah, we're that. We're okay <laughs> with not <laughs> explaining powers. Um, so, uh, and... While that happened, so she, the the person who was uh, on the shot that she saved, turns out to be her best friend, and as she reconnects, or her old best friend, yeah, uh, you know, like that best friend that you had like all throughout elementary school, and then you mm-hmm. kind of drift apart, yeah, like that kind of friend, yeah, yeah. So it was, like, um, cool enough to hang out with them after a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, same. But, um, <laughs> so there's like uh, she starts to learn a little bit of the mystery going on, like who, well, what has uh, my best. friend friend been up to this whole time oh she had another friend but she's disappeared and then uh and then there's another girl in the class which was you know what reminded me like a girl who uh someone posted a video of her like like being drunk or something at a party and it was uh everyone was viewing it online but and she was supposed to be like the really like virtuous uh mm. christian girl and everyone's like oh you're not a real christian girl like mm. you're such a whatever and uh words that i can't say I love, yeah i love on the our typical voice of like when we're describing like people saying mean things it's like in this tone <laughs> because you sound like a wet paper towel and no one likes wet paper towels and so, um, I love it. <laughs> so yeah you just i don't want to like spoil it yeah i i don't like spoiling life is strange no this this is one of the things where i'm gonna be like yeah Yeah. we're not gonna spoil this Um, but i mean along those same lines like whatever you do 
affects things it later affects on. The character, everything. just like how Undertale did it, like what yeah. you did affected the entire game, and even affected it after you tried to replay the game again. Like, yeah, not the hard that way. was a really interesting mechanic. <laughs> that, uh, it had an absolute memory that game. But genius. But Life is Strange mm-hmm. is a very narrative game. It's very uh, you're you know I don't want to say point and click because it's not like that exactly. But no, it's it's, it's more it's like kinda... one of those. Uh, it's it's just like a story driven game. Yeah, like something that like David Cage might make, like the yeah. same creator of like Heavy Rain. Yeah. yeah, Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, which mm-hmm. is another good example yeah. of an excellent that was what I That was my other yeah. one that I was going to say. Yeah. So I've been noticing that uh, these narrative games, like games that are really driven mm-hmm. by story versus action, uh, typically your main character is a girl. Right. And I just thought that was very interesting where, mm-hmm. like, where do we perceive where girls are most likely to belong within the genre? Or it's like... Yeah. Eth- ethnically diverse, like, mm. uh, like until dawn, uh, like yeah. you could be like everyone in that. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, you can be. it's it's almost like it's almost like their message is being told to us. Like these are the game. These are games that are pretty good, <laughs> and you have this female protagonist, and she's great. Or you get like a fighting, like a stereotypical fighting one person, first person shooter RPG, whatever, with a female character league who is disgustingly sexualized who has no personality whatsoever who is literally just there to be like nerd porn for the presumed white straight male player right Right. so like it's almost like who are we perceiving that's going to play this if you're going to get a good game it's not going to be fighting style and I don't know if I'm okay with that or not okay with that you know i don't really know because all the games we've talked about are fantastic right so i'm not gonna complain about that right. you know i mean i definitely mm-hmm. think that uh life is strange was is kind of indie but it was mm-hmm. on like the top of metacritics charts for like yeah. ever yeah ever talked about a lot um but I, I, I do think it's interesting where the divide is between, like, mm-hmm. the latest Call of Duty game or, like, mm-hmm. uh, The Division that just came out or um, those kind of, especially mm-hmm. first-person shooters, which you don't really see your character. But I, I found this term online, and I really liked it. It was the trope. Um, typically, especially in first-person shooters or, like, action games, your protagonist is brown-haired white guy with stubble. Yes. Yeah. Like, it, like that. Like just, I was that. like, wow, this is really accurate. Like, you ever stuck seen, with those things? I don't know if you've ever seen commercials for it, but there's this new movie coming out that's Hardcore Henry. Yeah. Okay. It's essentially Call of Duty. It's a first-person shooter. It's a first-person movie. shooter movie, right? And like that's the exact same thing. You never see his face, but he's presumed to be brown hair, whatever you stubble and like yeah. kind of grizzly looking. Like that's yeah. what he looks like, right? Right. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. wow. look at that. We can give male characters that. tropes, too. <laughs> tropes. You got tropes, that. too. <laughs> look at that. But, yeah, I definitely think that there's a huge divide in mm-hmm. especially designs for characters mm-hmm. versus, like, a narrative game or a fighting mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Um, where, for some reason, the more damage that you're probably going to take, the less that you're going to wear if you happen to be female. Which is just... I don't Logical, understand that correlation. Obviously. I mean, the very first, one of the very first, like, video games that you could really say, uh, Dragon's Lair, which Ooh, was. That's a flashback. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that? That's far Ooh, back there. But that back girl. There. 
Princess Daphne. Oh my! She was wearing nothing but glitter and like a couple pieces of like and her uh, body movement. Oh yeah, that was gratuitous. This is from a former like Disney animator that made that game too. So you like moving and her voice. (laughs) You move in a little bit more and you get like those early, early like Mortal Kombat games. Yeah, those female characters are half naked as you rip their spine out. Like. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I just, how do you, like, I get that the world is fantasy or whatever, and you can make it whatever you want, but real women don't look like this. Real women don't act like this. And I get you're in a fantasy world, but even there, like, laws and physics and common sense still apply. (laughs) You know, and it just, it's infuriating. Right. Like, do you think that this came about because uh, those early games, like Dragon's Lair or, uh, like uh, Street Fighter, even like those oh, games Street were Fighter originally one. like guys playing it, and well, there were, were no girls around to complain right? about it. Well, they were marketed towards men, obviously. Right. But if you think about it, the way you're designing women as you're marketing them towards men is also pretty damn offensive. You are implying that your male player can only see a woman as boobs and a butt and a high pitched, like breathy voice. Yeah, like that's the they, that is implying that that is the only way you see women. That you are an animal, incapable of seeing a woman as a human being. Like I don't understand why more dudes aren't pissed about this. Like I would be pissed if all you showed me. I mean, I'm queer, but if you're a straight <laughs> woman, and all you see for your male characters are guys that are like always have their shirts off, who are always blonde with blue eyes who you know always act like big dumb idiots you have to save you know whatever if, if that's implying that that is the only way you can see men right like wouldn't you Ouch. be offended offen- like offended too like yeah. probably i don't see it so exactly. yeah it's hard for me exactly. to put myself in, in that, that position mm-hmm. spill that tea courtney <laughs> <laughs> i love it but and i mean like that must become uncomfortable like trying to consume that media too if we keep like portraying like these how do you play games clad. like that when your parents walk in the living room? oh yeah how, like, do, you how do you parents don't know that's another thing too yeah. you hear all about like how like Parents buy these games for these kids, and they like just like don't check. Their kids like, are like, "Oh no, yeah, it's fine." And then like they find out that they that there's like I accidentally what watched Grand Theft Auto minute, is. Right, I accidentally watched twenty minutes of it in the second grade, and I got grounded for like two like two weeks. Like uh-huh. my yeah. parents were so mad that I watched that movie. Like yeah. movies are a thing that parents are typically like, "Oh, there's there's stuff right. in it," uh-huh. versus games where right. it's like you know there's fighting, mm-hmm. but yeah, like, my mom how was, much is like you're not gonna yeah. prevent. And like yeah. I have. I have a younger brother, and my mom was great about it. Like, he, he would, like, bring up a game like GTA oh, 3, yeah. 4. And my mom would literally look at it and be like, no. And she, he'd be like, but all my friends are playing it. She's like, I don't care. This is crappy towards women. You're not getting it. And I was like, yeah, mom. Yeah. It was yeah. the best. She was and, great about that. And, you know, <laughs> one problem, like, with parents is, like, we're at the point now where people who were playing those games are of parenting age now. So when their kids want to play something like, Grand Theft Auto Five. It'll be like mm, I played it. It was fine. I turned out fine. Yeah, like, it's just this cycle that just it just keeps happening over and over again. I think a lot of the mentality of parents is their ideas. If I don't get them for it, they're gonna find a way to it anyway. Yeah, and they definitely. would rather be in control a, list, it, it, a little I'd, bit. It's it's like with uh, if underage kids are drinking it's like there's the argument that parents are like i'd rather you be getting it from me than somewhere mm -hmm. else your kid you're out you find on the internet like a history of a porn site yeah like 
well, you know, your kid's going to get into it anyway, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's, I think it's that. I think it's a very similar mentality. Right. And, very similar mentality. And games are a lot less straightforward now. It's mm-hmm. not like you can tell from, like, the co- like with GTA, you can tell from the cover that it's pretty, mm, obvious, yeah. it's pretty obvious. But, like... You look at the cover of Witcher 2. Yeah, yeah. Example, yeah. That doesn't know. communicate that there's an achievement you can unlock where you literally have sex with, like, all these women. You collect them like trading cards. And then you unlock this achievement called Ladies' Man. Like, you can't tell that from the cover. Beautiful, beautiful. And or you play the game and you're like, oh, there you go. That's yeah. the thing. Like, or even, like, games like uh, mm-hmm. God of War 3. I know, uh, like, from the cover, like, it's going to be violent. But, like... Mm-hmm. There's many, many studies where it's like mm-hmm. vi- violence in video games doesn't correlate to violence in real life, yeah. like causing violence. But there is an achievement um, where you push a uh, shirtless princess through this room, use her body to stop a lever, mm-hmm. and then you can go back and like look mm-hmm. at the carnage. And the achievement unlocked then is, I didn't do it myself, but I wish I had. Wow. Isn't that also a game where there were, like, not necessarily many games, but there were, like, small quests that involve him, like, having sex with multiple women at one time and things I mean, like that. The, the God and the war, mm, which, you know, what do you think, what do we know as a fact that follows war is mm-hmm. rape, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you were going to yeah. say a thing, Courtney. Well, yeah, I just, that's when uh you get pa- the parents who do find out about these games and then they call the places they bought the games from and that's where you hear like about parents calling target and being like why did you let me buy this game for my kid there's a rating on the package carol there is a rating rating you can read like i i I don't know i personally believe it's the job of the parents to be informed yeah because your kid doesn't know any better it makes me wonder though i i didn't look into this at all Mm. but um so I, I can't, like, say anything for sure, but mm. it would be interesting to find out whether or not uh, how much a game is rated as, like, PG-13 or R, mm-hmm. depending on how the women are portrayed. Like, is it okay for your 13-year-old to be playing a game mm. where everyone's wearing bikini armor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be really interesting to look into. Uh, on the next coven, we find <laughs> out the facts. <laughs> but, yeah. Right on. Yeah. Right on, we definitely need to look into that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, so we talked about how these games, especially fighting games, where they're, like, skankily clad, like, that was okay back when, like, there was no girls playing those games. Mm. Or they were, it was perceived that no girls were playing there those were games. There were girls playing them. There were totally <laughs> we girls were. playing them. Yeah. had, like, all four Mortal Kombats for the we 64. Like. But now that games are a lot more open to the, you know, the other half of the entire world's mm-hmm. population... Um, we're still getting games that are like super new. Like I gotta say, League of Legends. That's like only been out three, four years now. It's huge. It's, it's like multi million dollar industry. Like mm-hmm. again, with Metagamer Podcast, go check that out, guys. <laughs> but um, but some of the skins on there, some of the playable characters. It's, it's literally armor. almost every single female character. Yeah, is hypersexualized. In one way or another. That one also has a lot of, like, cat women and, like, animal women. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, uh, skins that you can get that are, like, Mm -hmm. hinting at, you know, those tropes of, Mm -hmm. like, the girl with the cat ears and the tail and just appealing to that kind of audience. Because it's perceived that those are the people that are playing it. Mm -hmm. Um, Not saying that everyone that's playing (laughs) that is into that. But your it's, perceived it's market audience is this. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's there. 
it's it sure is there but um i think as a whole though like video games we all like video games Mm -hmm. for real there's a huge demographic of people that like video games right i think shapes sizes genders colors like everyone plays them like we said um it's getting better um fighting games like some of the uh, more actiony games um, that I can think of with female protagonists. Uh, Portal. Oh Portal's my gosh. huge. Portal was fantastic Chell. too. Like everyone loves Chell. Was awesome. It was so good. And then even Love even um, the baddie, uh, Gladys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, even that. She's obviously yeah. portrayed I as recall, female. Um, the Last of Us was yeah. also fantastic. Also, also and that was just a roller coaster so of a game. That was an emotional roller coaster of a game. <laughs> that that, that was game of the year, right? When it came out, I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, don't I know why it wouldn't be. Uh, yeah, exactly. I yeah. don't know why it wouldn't be either. But uh, yeah, and obviously <laughs> Ellie, female protagonist. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. And then uh, there's a game that I'm really excited about that I don't know. I forget when it's going to come out. It's called Core. Mm. Um, it has a female protagonist, and uh, it was just a really cute but actiony trailer. And I think that's a thing that's happening now. We we get the yeah. action, but we get you know not something that necessarily has to be like nitty gritty. Right. It, it can be like fun action. Like I feel like Portal, as dark as the story was in the <laughs> end, was like fun action. Yeah, you know. Yeah, And I feel like uh, mm. the video game industry is like. Who, who do we put in for that? Right. Women. Mm-hmm. Honestly, a lot of the n- new upcoming games are mm-hmm. utilizing female protagonists. Detroit Become Human. I am oh, so, oh, so excited for that. That's the First same of all, studio that looks, did Heavy Rain, right? Yeah, it looks beautiful. I mean, like some of the best graphics in a video game I've ever mm-hmm. seen. And uh, the fact that uh, the game is uh, based off of the... Uh, the, there was that uh, the tech short. demo, the, the tech, tech demo. demo. Um, the actor, it's the same actress, right? So like that gives me positive vibes. Like mm-hmm. she came back to do an entire game about that one concept. Yeah, right so on. I love that. that was a powerful concept. It was the I, I, so I forget good. what it was. What the video was called? It was a PlayStation. Uh, it, it was uh, Kara. Kara. It was just called Kara. Hidden. Mm. PlayStation, Kara, tech demo. You'll you'll right find on. it, cool. and your life will be changed, yeah. and you'll find yourself crying for right. no reason. Fastest I, uh, tears in five minutes. <laughs> Fastest tears in five um, minutes. A great provided by come, the coven. Yeah, a great character that comes to mind for me was I watched Femis Frequency the other day, and she was highlighting some of her favorite female characters, and Jade mm. from Beyond Good and Evil is an awesome character. Mm. Literally, after I watched that movie, I went out of my way to buy that game oh, <laughs> and yeah. play it because it was that good. You know, it's this female protagonist who is like like stereotypical like tough and like can fight her way but also like shows real emotion and like shows real connection and all the men and well they're not even really men they're anamorphic animals but um (laughs) they are male anamorphic animals animals. like they are her sidekicks you know and they are actually useful to her like they are able to do things to like help her progress in the game instead of just being like a tool that follows her around and it doesn't pass the Bechdel test because there's only like maybe two other female characters. Yeah. But, but it's not like they're not talking. Well, they're not talking about men. There just need to be more female characters. Yeah. But I mean, just that game was beautifully animated. It was gorgeous, and like the story was really awesome. And just like I could talk about Jade forever. She was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Definitely. I think mm-hmm. I think it's getting better. I think that uh, because, you know, the demographic has widened, um, we talked mm-hmm. about on, uh, I forget which episode it was, but we talked about how, um, so it's perceived with chick flicks, right? So mm-hmm. women will go see chick flicks, men will not, but women will go see movies that are marketed toward men. Mm-hmm. But dick flicks. Yeah, dick flicks. There we go. Like those action Good movies job, Courtney. and things yeah. like that. I'm I didn't gonna come up with them. it. I'm calling them that from now on. That Beautiful. Genius. I got it from Nostalgia Critic. It's okay. It. We're it's gonna okay. use it still. We're gonna <laughs> use it. Um, so, but like, there's yeah. that. Men won't see movies for women, but mm-hmm. women will see movies for men. So now we have, instead of men won't play games for girls, but girls will play games for men. It's it's you're even just kind of erasing the genders there almost but uh except those games for girls do still exist like we saw in brookie's class oh yeah what was it it was like it was like pregnant cinderella makeup or or tanning bed yeah oh my god pregnant cinderella tanning bed what i don't even know how to talk about it get out of control i don't even know there was like a pregnant minions one and i was like why does this exist what why? There's, I feel like there's just one person that there's is just one guy who's really into that. <laughs> like, just continually pregnify everything. Like, why is that a thing? That's like a whole. That's a that, whole. We're gonna give subject. an entire other podcast to that conversation. Yeah, <laughs> like the we'll call it like the dark side of the internet <laughs> podcast because that is the darkest part of the internet oh is four chan exactly. and all the pregnancy games that yeah. you can find. So, um, I guess on our topic of, like, awesome female characters, I want to gush about my favorite game. Do it. My favorite game ever is Final Fantasy XIII. Say what you want about it. Say what you want about the gameplay, plot, whatever. I'm ignoring you, and I'm dipping your opinion in guacamole and eating right meat. looks right at me. I didn't say <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. I just, I'm really defensive about this game because I love it so much. But that one, there are six main characters, and three of them are women, right? Yay! Now, even. here's the problem with the Final Fantasy series. They do tend to have a problem with the manic pixie dream girl. Yep. However, has a problem with the if I'm going to have right. that instead of hypersexualized characters with no personality whatsoever, I'm going to take it. You know? yeah. So all three of these characters, uh, Lightning, Vanille, and my personal favorite Fang, um, <laughs> they all pass the Bechdel test. Yay. What they All three of them do because they all speak with each other and their, sole go- their goal is like, we need to save our planet. We literally need to save our planet. Technically, they're saving two planets. Um, and they need to complete what's called their focus. Um, they all pass the Bechdel test. All of them are, their outfits aren't perfect. I will admit that. They're not perfect. Yeah. Now, they're not like hypersexualized, like Bayonetta or Soul Calibur, like that grossness. But, yeah. they, you know, they have a little bit. Um, but they are all like incredibly diverse characters. All three of them have a different purpose, a different, not necessarily a different like plot, but like just very fully rounded characters yeah. and I love that and well um, right and they don't like none of them have a like romantic subplot no, well <laughs> it's not official but there is like kind of an understand fan fandom understanding that uh, Fang and Vanille are romantically oh, involved hey. which is like lesbians but what we represent um, but like but that's not like the point of the story right and I love that and you can play as all three of them you can make you can play as only three of them if you want. You can completely exclude the male characters. And oh, they all have different roles that they can play. And, like, it's just... And the, it's artistically 
incredible. It's more like a movie than it is a video game. And I say what you want about the plot or whatever. I love that game. I will defend it with my life. And it's just Riley is ready to fight here. Or to play with you because I'll play Final (laughs) Fantasy XIII with you because I love it so much. It's my favorite. But, like, that was, like, and that was, like, the first, like, I guess, like, I don't want to say real video game because every video game I play is real. But like yeah. big game, like from like a huge franchise. Yeah. Besides Pokemon, um, that I like really got into, and I was like, "Yo, this is awesome!" And I so I highly, highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna do my recommendation. Um, I am in love still with Jody from Beyond Two Souls. Yeah. That <laughs> game. That game, like. Again, say what you want about it. It's it's like a movie where you press buttons occasionally, but you know that's mm-hmm. that's just what the game was, and I accept it for what it was. Mm-hmm. And um, the plot was amazing and well developed, and the twist at the end, and the <laughs> twist at the end, and uh, just the fact mm-hmm. that this was a game where you really, really like. I felt like almost the whole point of the game to see um, character progression. Yeah, with this already really interesting, really. Um, female character who had a lot of depth and a lot of like she wasn't just defined by like Mm -hmm. oh i trained with oh gosh was it the cia it was the cia i trained with the cia to become like a secret um agent like she wasn't defined by that like she was still Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna wear this dress i'm uh, and i'm gonna be uncomfortable about it but then i'm gonna have a date later and then i'm gonna feel comfortable about it or like i'm gonna pursue this romantic line or I'm going to, you know, just not, you can end up with no boys at all. Like it's your choice at the end. Right. It's all about choice. And Mm -hmm. you, you're, I just feel like it's one of those games where you have so much choice. It felt so human. Mm -hmm. I love it. And And she's like, she's just so like, I mean, she's like rash and she's got like such like a mean spirit at times. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you remember that one scene where she basically just blows up an entire town just trying to get away? Yeah. And she's just like, next time, I'm going to kill everybody. And it's like, yeah. oh, please it's do. Like, she says the things that it's like, yes, this is how a rational person would react to this mm-hmm. instead of like standard spiky-haired protagonist who's like, yeah. no, people, we life is precious. It's like, um, or, no, like I'm the mad. Scene, the so, scene where yeah. she gets back at her bullies where they like lock her in a closet. And yeah. like you can choose to not uh, hurt them. Or you could choose to only hurt them a little, or you could choose to just wreck the entire yeah. party. <laughs> you, you have the option to be what is expected of right. like a good character or like of a good girl. And I like that and you can she is. I, I have not played this game, but you guys are getting me into it. Oh, oh yeah, oh, but from what you've described, I really like that she is that like like strong female character mm-hmm. who actually has emotions and yeah, like yeah. can feel different things at once. Cause one of the biggest problems I always have is that you have this like strong, awesome, badass female character and then she falls in love and all of a sudden that goes away. Like, and I'm like, yeah. can we have both? Like, can't you be the strong, awesome character who does fall in love and is violently strong, in love, feel <laughs> still strong and awesome and like can be soft without like completely losing who she is as a character, right. you know, like that, the worst thing that ever happened was Age of Ultron to poor uh, Black Widow. Uh-huh. Poor Black uh-huh. Widow. Joss, why did you betray why us? did you? The Hawkeye shit made sense. Sorry. <laughs> That's another thing for me to rant about later. Yeah. But, like, yeah. that sort of mentality. Like, And I like that what you guys are describing to me. Because she yeah. seems like a character and who 
can have complex emotions and feel two things at once and like maintain who she is while still being soft or kind or murderous and violent. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and, and I love that. Her body model is Ellen Page and voiced and Page. Willem Dafoe is a part in it. <laughs> it's just Daddy Dafoe. Daddy Dafoe. Yes. <laughs> but, oh my gosh. Uh, which, who's your fave? Courtney? We already covered both of mine. Beyonce's well, Souls and Life is Strange. Well, let's explain again why you love Max. <laughs> um, I love that she is a nerd. I love how she's not over-sexualized, like, at any time in the is game. Is a hoodie? Yeah. I mean, and she says, she, she says, she says, she says quirky things. And also... Wowzers. And, Are and, you cereal? <laughs> yeah. But there's also, like, you can try to uh, either have her end up with Warren, or you can just completely ignore him. Stupid Warren. <laughs> and you can have her end up with Chloe. Kinda. Kinda. Um, they really set up the ending for a sequel, so yeah. maybe that will be explored. Maybe it won't be. It's all about the choices that you make. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. I really... I, I love video games, guys. I love talking I love about video too. games with you guys. Um, I think that we, we covered what we needed to. I think um, baseline, what we're trying to say here is that we're allowed to critique video games Mm -hmm. but also love them and identify as gamers and not try to disillusion like the entire term Mm -hmm. of gamers exactly but it's not it's not the white dude playing uh playing call of duty and drinking mountain dew anymore it's more and i think that's a wonderful thing that it's more than that i think that the gentleman gamers in the world are better than that yeah and you should be better than that yeah, you know. She looks at me again. I just, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm speaking to an imaginary audience because like, I'm still teen- I'm, so I'm still a teenager and I'm still you. stuck in that mentality. <laughs> it's mm. not you. I swear to God, it's not you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's wrap up with Courtney failing us. Courtney, how dare you? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I I do think that uh, the video game as an industry as a whole has not inherently failed us. <clears throat> I think it's getting better. Definitely. It gets better. Like all things in life, nothing is perfect. You just need to work on it a little more and yeah. you know, change is slow. Progress mm-hmm. over perfection. There Listen you go. Listen to what your kids, what your consumers are saying. Listen to the things that we're asking to be changed and the things that we want done. You know, just all yeah. that's that's like a common business practice. Yeah. Listen to what your customers want. <laughs> yeah. So this has been uh, positive bumper stickers. By bitebsu.com. No, this has been the Coven. What? Pod. Yeah. Well, we were saying all these like nice things uh, that you could like, like progress over what's perfection. This? Am I in the right room? <laughs> but no, this has been the Coven podcast here at bitebsu.com. Check out all our other great podcasts. We recently had an interview with Colleen Clickenbeard, who uh. um, voices Luffy currently in One Piece and uh, Hawkeye, Hawkeye Full from Full Metal Alchemist. Like, yeah. Huge. Yeah, go oh, check that out. Wow. Um, I just got chills. Speaking of, like, <laughs> girls and everything. Um, yeah, but I have been your host, the Witch of the Wavelengths, Daily Wilhelm. Joining me today was the person who ruins everything, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney Tuckman, the Hairbo Slayer. <laughs> Glad I could be here to ruin everything. And, and, and the, the person who, who accuses her. Courtney yeah. of everything. <laughs> Riley Gray. Thank you for joining us this week. (laughs) Come in next week and we'll talk about more stuff. Woo! Woo! Bye. Bring it on.